And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sporting Chance Podcast with your host, Matt Marateo, talking about Philly sports, more sports, beer, life in general, and whatever the heck else seems to come to mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Sporting Chance Podcast. Quick word before we get started, and that is you are going to need some type of gear to conquer everything that is coming your way, and the best gear for that is from Lanafee.com. If you log on today, you get a chance to try any of their new workout gear, uh, notebooks, pens, uh, protein shakers, uh, extra gear like hand wraps or hand protectors, armbands, weight belts, all the type of good stuff, head on over, use my code Marate, M-A-R-A-T-E-A, and it works out just great for you and for me. So, remember, Lanafee.com, promo code Maratea. Anyway, getting back into this thing, I am Matt Maratea, host of the Sporting Shans Podcast, back again after a decent layoff, uh, tried to, you know, get the real job after school, and... Ended up just get getting busy filling out applications, working at Zeds, uh, trying to do as much uh, stuff as I can, enjoying the summer a little bit. Uh, but I hit sort of that post-graduation doldrum, and I ended up uh, way further away than I wanted uh, to be uh, from, you know, my goal of trying to do this like weekly or bi-weekly. But... I am uh, back now, so logging on, let's uh, sort of get this thing done, get this thing through. Uh, quick, before we start, I um, just want to give you all a preview of what I'm going to be drinking. It is the Collaborate from Double Nickel. It is an IPA, the Bee's Knees, uh, teamed up with Whole Foods and farmed ingredients from Rabbit Hill Malt House and the... Uh, Fruitwood Orchard, and they came up with an oated hazy IPA with orange blossom honey and tastefully dry hop with some groovy cashmere and wakatu hops. And 150 of every canceled goes to providing fresh food and produce to families who are experiencing food insecurity in South Jersey, Philadelphia, benefits fill abundance and virtua food resources. So, that is going to be the beer we are cracking open tonight, and that is going to happen in five, four, three, two, and one. Oh, yeah, that's a great little sizzle there. And, all right, let's just get this taken care of and poured into a glass uh, okay so not <laughs> okay so yeah got to be right on there spilled a little bit it's unfortunate A 
lots ahead on that one, so I'm going to let that settle out and relax. Uh, we're drinking with pride today in my sad's pride glass, so that's fun too. Um, but really, we're getting into the free agency periods here, and that is what's been going on, starting with the Sixers. Uh, Jimmy Buckets, James Buckets. Jim Butler traded to Miami for Josh Richardson, part of like a three-four team deal that ultimately saw a bunch of guys go from Miami to Dallas and then no longer to Dallas. So, you know, all kinds of weirdness happening there. Uh, but freed up money to extend Tobias Harris. He got a really hefty contract. We're able to bring in Al Horford. Mike Scott is back. That means the Hive is back. Shake Milton. Uh looks exciting uh zaire smith also exciting james ennis is back kyle uh oh quinn now on the team backup center so the sixers sort of bust bolstered their roster and they basically just made themselves a very difficult team to play against uh, at any point uh first round draft pick was uh, matisse Tybel. Uh, he's was pac 10 defender of the year twice so you know he's going to be a handful uh, to deal with. So basically now the Sixers just have an incredibly difficult team to handle. Um, smallest projected starter right now would be Richardson at around 6-6. So really, uh, it's all positive here for the Sixers in an East where the landscape is changing, where we don't know where Kawhi is going to be. We know that Kyrie is on Brooklyn. KD is... You know, hurt. Kemba's back up in Boston. So, yeah, there is a whole lot going on there in that NBA Eastern Conference um, that sort of needs to just get sorted out. But right now, the Sixers look to be in a prime position uh, to sort of make a run at that number one seed in the East, be the best team. There, because they seem to be the most balanced. They're going to be the ones who can go night in and night out, regardless. Or at least one would think. Okay. All right. It took a little uh, coaxing, but I got that is a good looking beer. Uh, it's one of those things where you see just how it looks in the glass and you think wow that I mean it's not professionally shot but I wish it was especially considering you know my photography skills uh... but you know got that done and now I can get uh, sort of into the meat of this podcast uh, with the Flyers free agency signings or sort of the lack thereof. Uh, they ended up signing a bunch of guys for the farm like uh, Cal O'Reilly, uh, Andy uh, Andronoff, uh, Chris Brigas, Tyler Witherspoon, Andy Walensky, Jean-Francois Berube, uh, Nate Prosser, Curtis Gabriel, and... A guy I have a little bit of history with, Kyle Criscolo. Uh, he was doing uh, sort of personal training plans and 
putting hockey players through workouts many moons ago when I was actually uh, competing or looking to be, uh, you know, club hockey superstar, that type of deal. Uh, so I worked out with him, a uh, really great guy, someone you should root for this year, especially on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms if he's there or in Flyers training camp. Cheers to you, Kyle. Congratulations. Uh, he's a local guy, so it's really nice for him, his whole family, that it's going to be so much closer to home getting out of that hell that was Buffalo. <laughs> uh, so cheers to you. I'm going to take my first nice gulp here. Woo! Okay, yeah, that is very interesting. I'll do a full review later, but uh, if I'm going to say anything from the jump right from the get-go that is if you don't like honey probably not going to be a huge fan of this beer and if you like orange too that will be very helpful uh, those are just two quick opening thoughts sort of as i open this conversation into the flyers uh, moves this offseason uh, so, we have a pretty strong draft, getting a guy like Cam York, Bobby Brink, uh, Robbie Attard, or sorry, excuse me, Ronald Attard, Rob Ross, it, it, all pretty, pretty strong guys uh, in your first five, six couple rounds. Um so that'll be good to replenish sort of that prospect pool and the kids that are going to be coming up soon into the system. Uh, what was really interesting was that uh, Chuck Fletcher, the GM, made these moves beforehand in the trade market, trading away Radko Gudis to try to get Matt, to get Matt Neskinen, trading away draft picks to get Justin Braun, sort of... Uh, giving the defense a little more experience and making Andrew McDonald expendable. And then we also had uh, Kevin Hayes, who was brought in for draft picks for his rights, signed him to a seven-year, $7 million AAV deal. So, you know, a very interesting uh, that you're bringing in a guy who's going to be the second-line center for a very long time, uh, making him almost compete with Nolan Patrick coming up through the ranks. That should be uh, sort of something to watch as the season goes on. Carter Hart, uh, you've got him in place. They brought back Brian Elliott, decided he's going to be the backup, mostly because Cam Talbot sort of wants to take a run at being a starter again. Which, you know, is his right. And he told the Flyers that. They weren't able to work something out. So now he ends up in Calgary. Good for him. Uh, but other than that, you know, you're not going to really miss anybody. Right now, Scott Lawton is entering salary arbitration. Uh, so we'll see. They'll, you know, they'll get a deal done with him at some point. Probably in the two... Uh, two and change million dollar range. Um, he's a good hand to have on the fourth line. Uh, career high in points, so that's nothing to sneeze at. You think that maybe he might have a little more offensively in the tank, but you never know. So you'll see as this year goes along, uh, sort of where his real ceiling is. 
I believe. Uh, it's not much higher than where he is, but, you know, I think there's still a little bit of room there uh, for him offensively. And you've got this open third right winger spot. Uh, it's going to come down to Frost, Farabee, Radcliffe, or maybe Rubistov. So that's going to be your most compelling camp battle. Other than that, I think everybody is pretty much in their place. Uh, it's either that, and then watching the Rob Hag uh, San Moran uh, showdown for that last spot on the defense uh, sort of should be uh, very interesting to watch. And then Ivan Provorov still needs to resign, as does Travis Konechny. Both of those RFAs are a little bit concerning at this point now. So uh, you sort of want to see deals get done with both of those guys. Right now, it's rumored that Provorov may be asking for some absurd amount of money, like $7 million, maybe more. He hasn't exactly done enough to warrant that, and we all understand where we think he's going to end up, and he will eventually be worth that money. But coming off of a down year, it's making things very hesitant, and negotiations have sort of stalled. And Konechny, there's not really a whole lot going on there vocally from what you can hear from anyone's camps, but they'll get that settled. I mean, TK, it seems like he wants to be here organization wants him here. So the Flyer summer is pretty much almost sort of set up in a way where, I mean, they're going to be ready to go going into, they just had development camp. They're going to be ready to go by the time it comes uh, for preseason in September. So uh, we'll see plenty of camp battles. We'll see uh, a couple cuts in preseason or demotions if you will and we'll figure out where everyone lasts and where everything shakes out but uh, right now things are pretty much set in stone for the Flyers unless there's a trade or some late breaking news there Uh, they weren't active on day one of free agency at least not for big NHLers so eh, you know it was a it was a fat trimming type of scenario for Chuck Fletcher, right? Coming into this job for the first time. And he's done that. He's gotten rid of Andrew McDonald, Dale Weiss, Christian Folan, uh, Yuri Laterra. So, I mean, that's all happened. Jordan Wheel is probably another one of those he's not going to go anywhere type of guys. So, it seems that everything is uh, going well so far, one would assume. We have our new three-headed coaching monster with Michelle, um, sorry, Alain Vigneault being the head coach, Michelle Terrien the assistant, Mike Yo also an assistant. So we'll see how that ends up working out for them. There's going to be a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Uh, it's going to be very exciting to see if and how they manage to coexist together. But I'm very excited for hockey. Uh, I'm sure you guys are too. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just me. I can't get enough of this stuff. Uh, 
especially when we're in the doldrums right now, about to hit the all-star break, home run derby type action here for the Phillies and the Major League Baseball. So the Phillies right now are having a weird uh, year. They came out like gangbusters after the whole Bryce Harper thing. And people were super excited. They were in first place. It looked like they were going to be wire-to-wire first place type winners. Now, as it turns out, uh, they stumbled mightily as of late. They've basically only been able to beat the Mets recently. Um which uh, hasn't made uh, people very happy. And they dropped a ton in the standings. They went from first to they're sitting in, I believe it's third right now. Now they're barely sitting in second by half a game, six games behind Atlanta. Uh, So they've got to do a lot of catching up in that respect. In the wild card, they are currently slotted in that second position, only a half game above Washington. So right now they look like a playoff team, but they don't have a ton of pitching to rely on. Uh, I mean, Aaron Nolan's pitching well. Jake Arrieta is all right. But other than that, you worry about who you're running out there uh, sort of every other night. I mean, Ranger Suarez uh, is getting starts. So it's, yeah, uh, not great Um, when you're looking at uh, the guys who are in the lineup. Cesar Hernandez having a decent year. Uh, He's got seven home runs, 40 RBIs. Uh, He's hitting 280. Bryce Harper, new addition. He's up to 16 home runs, so he's starting to catch on a little bit. 62 RBIs, but he struck out 105 times already. That's way, way too much, and he's only hitting 250. Gene Segura, he's another new addition. 276 average, 10 jacks, 40 ribbies. Not bad. Uh, Reese Hoskins, 19, 56 for 260. Okay, he's catching on. He's seeing a lot more pitches, so he's got 93 strikeouts. JT Real Muto, 10 home runs, 39 ribbies, 271 average. Michael Franco, 12 jacks, 221 average, 40 RBIs. And Andrew McCutcheon, who's been out forever, still 10 home runs, 29 RBIs, 256 average. It's like he's still there. And Scott Kingery, 11 home runs, 27 RBIs. He's catching up to everyone else, but his average is coming down a little bit, 302. And Jay Bruce uh, has come back down to earth, but still seven home runs, 23 RBIs. So he's doing well enough. Uh, you're excited to see some offensive pop here, and they won 7-2 over the Rangers today. But you want pitching to be consistent, and you need that from Matt Klintak. And you wonder when you bring in uh, Andrew McCutcheon and JT Real Muto and Gene Segura. And Bryce Harper. So now you've replaced basically half of the team. Or at least half of the starters. It takes a while to gel, sort of meld that new clubhouse. And we know that everybody's super excited about Bryce Harper. And that he, you know, 
it wants to win and people seem to be feeding off of that but at the same time those older players those new ones have to gel and when you lose the leader who who was clearly McCutcheon to, to a torn ACL I mean that's just a killer they look very leaderless they've looked like a rudder without since then and then you have the whole Olduba Herrera incident. Now he's suspended for the season uh, due to a domestic violence dispute. Uh, I mean, what happened is neither here nor there. I'm not going to get involved in it. I don't want to speculate. So whatever. He's out, and Scott Kingery's playing center field, so we're dealing with that. He's doing all right. He's sort of learning on the fly, so that's fun to watch in a way. Uh, but... You, know, you got to trade more guys, and then you bring out to bring in Jay Bruce, and then you have Kingery playing center, and then you've got a rotating door at third base with Brad Miller and Kingery playing every so often, and then you've got Sean Rodriguez in there, and you know Franco is hot and cold. Yes, no, nobody, you know, though it's trying to tell me that Mikel, Michael Franco has been in eighty games, and I don't believe it. Uh, Either way, a whole lot going on with the Phillies, and they just can't seem to get on the right track. I mean, Roman Quinn is here. I mean, you keep forgetting about him. So, I mean, who is to blame? Is it the chemistry? Is it the clubhouse? Is it Gabe Kapler? That seems to be people are ready to offer up as the sacrificial lamb. Uh, Gabe and Gaber metrics uh, just seems to not be working for sort of those old traditional baseball heads in Philadelphia. And I understand it. I get the logic when it looks like you want to be able to criticize Gabe and you've got to go after him. But I still think that this team will write itself. They've still got July, August, and September. That's three very long months. And the hotter it gets, I think the hotter Bryce is going to get. And then by extension, Reese will get. And eventually, the pitching staff is going to figure out they need to make a move at the trade deadline. So you're going to have to sacrifice another prospect to bring in a starter, maybe even a little bullpen help. Uh, but other than that, there's not much else you can do. They've put the team in possibly the best position they have been to make the playoffs and to win. Since like 2011, since that whole four horsemen uh, type of scenario. So, good on them and good on Matt Clintac, but there has to be more done. And I think that sort of echoes throughout Philly right now. We need more pitching. The hitting is going to figure itself out. I mean, and you can't really do anything when the hitters don't hit, uh, especially when you've brought in the guys that you've brought in. It's all going to come down to the pitching, and that will really determine when and where this team is going to finish. Uh, in the standings, I still think it's a wild card. Uh, maybe the division. Uh, that's looking a little less likely now because the Braves have uh, opened up that lead. But you never know. I'm willing to believe they can still get to that 88 win, 90 win uh, team, they can be those guys, uh, and I think the all-star break may end up doing them some good. So uh, everything, is, those festivities are going to be kicking off uh, this weekend, so that should be very fun. Uh, looking forward to the Home Run Derby, as always. Kind of like this bracket formation, kind of don't, but 
either way, uh, it's still exciting to watch. I know I can't help myself every year. It's what I end up watching. So, uh, looking forward to that. And now, uh, we've entered the portion of the show that I usually like to dedicate to beer. Uh, I just want to say, once again, save New Jersey beer. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, Zed's Beer, where I've been picking up uh, some extra hours actually brewing. Uh, we had an injury to uh, one of our guys there, so I've sort of thrown, been thrown into the role. I'm learning a lot, and I really, really enjoy it. Uh, it's so fun getting to be there, getting to be part of that whole process. Um, Jeff's doing all the hard work in terms of reading gravities, adding hops, uh, that kind of finer things. But, you know, I get to move a lot of grain <laughs> and clean uh, everything, uh, set up transfers, uh, sort of learning my way around the brewery, learning all the official language, uh, clamps, triclamps, <laughs> you know, gaskets. Uh, water temperatures, uh, starting to remember process and the way things are supposed to go, the way they're done, the order in which they're done. Uh, it's all very uh, a very enlightening educational experience. And another one that I had was on board the Battleship New Jersey when they had the Battleship Beer Fest, uh, where I got to serve to uh, all types of different ticket holders and customers, got to meet a ton of other brewers and other breweries, uh, and we sort of discussed, you know, not like techniques, but beer styles and customers and what's coming down the pike. Uh, how are things going there? What what you like to see? What you like from the people? Uh, you know, talking hops, uh, you know, all those types of things. Uh, food pairings that you can handle with the beer. uh it's a really fun day. It's a really great industry to get into if you want to be able to talk to people and feel a camaraderie uh, with some of your uh, industry mates. Because I have not met a single person uh, sort of through this craft beer thing that I've gone on that you know, I wouldn't sit down and have a beer with or you know enjoy talking to for an hour or so. Everyone... Uh, is relatable, kind, uh, able to deal with people pretty well. It's just a really great group of people that I'm uh, proud to be a part of and you know, be able to say that, yes, I've brewed a beer professionally. <laughs> that is kind of fun to say. But anyway, to the review here. Double nickel, bees, knees is a it's uh listed as a hazy ipa uh with cashmere and wakata dry hops uh it's got the orange blossom honey coming in at 6.2 percent on untapped uh it's been checked in like 520 times uh it's got 437 ratings averages at 3.77 15 ibus And I like this. I take another sip. This there, it's got that orange blossom honey to it, which you can definitely taste. The honey itself is not overly strong, overly sweet, because it has that sort of orange tang to it, uh, if you will. So that sort of brings down the bitterness. Uh, I mean, it's a 
IPA that is yeah, 15 IBU. So it's definitely got a, a nice haze to it. It's cloudy, but it's got kind of like that honey cloud to it. It's got that sort of color. And I got to tell you, I'm not typically a hazy IPA person, but that is a beer I can very much enjoy. And I found that I like a little bit of that honey sweet uh, to my beers. I've always liked that. I made my own hot and honey wing sauce the other day. I probably put too much honey, <laughs> uh, but it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I had to use the whole bottle of hot sauce just because I made it too sweet uh, on the initial pours. But I love honey as an ingredient. I love being able to use different kinds of honey uh, with these beers because it reacts so well with the sugars and all that. It gives the yeast plenty to feed on. I really enjoy this beer. The head didn't stay up too too long but you got a really nice one definitely got to pour this one sort of down the side of a glass forewarned <laughs> but uh, double nickel local new jersey brewery so i have to give them a shout i've been there uh maybe once or twice before enjoy their beer very much uh happy to have gotten my hands on this one that's uh, a really good beer i gotta give this one at least That one's probably going to end up earning like a 425 for me on untapped. Just there's a hint of that hoppy bitterness, and I almost wish there was more to sort of counteract that honeyness. It's got the only problem to me is it sort of lingers. It almost feels like you almost expect pulp to be in your mouth, and it's kind of unnerving a little bit. So maybe as I get through the rest of this glass, that'll be something that I can figure out. But until then, I really enjoy this beer. You should check it out. Remember, $1.50 from each can, I found it in a four-pack, goes to supporting uh, local food charities. Uh, so you're doing good as you're drinking. Remember to also drink uh, Zed's beer. And come visit me. I'll be in next Sunday. 2 to 7, so that should be fun. Uh, Sundays with Matt. Uh, also, remember to check out all of my writing at wildfiresports.com or the215live.com. Uh, doing a little stuff there, too, for those guys. Uh, all part of Wildfire, so all good. Uh, follow me on Twitter, mmaratea22, M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-22. Instagram, mmaratea 77mmaratea77 Sport Chance Pod at both Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there uh, for more updates, beer reviews, extra stuff, bonus content. Um, I want to be able to start doing mailbags and all that type of stuff soon so people interact with me, do something, and eventually somebody has to buy a product from Lanafi or else I will be their worst uh, ambassador ever. <laughs> so, uh, for me, Double Nickel, Philly Sports, and from the Lodge down here where I've got the studio set up. I uh, hope you guys have a great week, and cheers.